funny, like how you mentioned Jen Hawkins, it's like, yeah, blowing her blue eyes. But now I'm so happy that Miss Universe Australia, they're looking for everyday relatable women. Maria Satil is five foot three or something like that, you know, and, and she won. And it just, it just proves pageants isn't all about being tall and, and just generic. It's, it's, it's about representing Australia. Welcome to Crazy Biatch Asians, the podcast for Asians in the West. Hi, I'm your host Sharon and I'll be diving into the issues that Asians can face in the Western world from culture and identity to entertainment to love and dating. Okay, first of all, massive apologies for going MIA. Life really just got in the way of podcasting. Honestly, it's been a really busy time for me and I'm currently going through a breakup so I've been more distracted by that. Not an excuse though, not an excuse. That being said, I'm kind of rescheduling my eps, so I'd like to release an episode monthly rather than fortnightly. So you'll see a little bit less of me, but I'm hoping it's a case of distance makes the heart grow fonder. Anyways, today's guest has a ton of experience in the Australian entertainment industry and talks about why diversity, especially Asian representation, is so important in this space. Carice Velez is a businesswoman, actress, and a contestant in Miss Universe Australia 2022. As a proud Filipino woman, she talks about her experience as a woman of colour competing in a Western national pageant. Aside from actually being the talent, she also owns a Sydney-based talent management agency called Mini Republic Management. It is a true passion of hers to be able to represent a multicultural and diverse handful of young talent. And of course, we finish with a cringe dating story. And this one is extra cringe because it's Asians being shitty to other Asians. Finally, I want to preface that we recorded this episode virtually, so the sound quality may not be the best, but we hope you can still enjoy the chat. Without further ado, let's meet Carice. Welcome to my podcast, Carice. How are you going today? Good. Thank you, Sharon. How are you? I'm good. Honestly, thank you so much for making the time to speak to me today. I know that you're a very busy woman running your own business, doing a lot of things in the entertainment world. So thank you for making the time. Thank you. No, honestly, thank you for having me. Just to, I'm going to chime in really quick. So backstory to how I got myself on this podcast is Sharon and I properly spoke um, at our friend's birthday party last week. We, we sat in front of each other and our friend Nat, shout out to Nat, we drove her to dinner and she was like, I'm sitting you in front of Sharon, you would love her. And um, turns out that I actually do. We got on, we got on so well. And um, yeah, I'm so happy that you had asked me and we're finally you know, we're doing this. I've definitely been looking forward to this all week. Honestly, me too. Like I've known of your, I've known of your Instagram and like your experiences in the entertainment field for a while. Like I know that you competed in Miss Universe Australia this year and I'm like, oh my God, I need to get you on the podcast. So let's speak about it. Let's let's do it. it. Let's do it. We'll definitely talk about Miss Universe Australia, but very quickly, I want to just touch on your background and your childhood because so much of this podcast is about, you know, the Asian experience and Asian stories and that really kind of develops from our childhood. So if you could just tell us your cultural background or ethnicity. I was born in the Philippines. I spent the first four years of my life there. Um, Absolutely loved it. 
all of my family are there. My first dance classes were there. And at the age of four, my parents decided that, you know, it's to give us a better life, more opportunities, um, it's best to move to Australia. And we did. And ever since then, I've been here. And here you are, sort of grew up here, went through school here and stuff like that. What was it like growing up in Sydney as an Asian person from the Philippines? Look, that's a big question. Um, going to school, uh, it was quite tricky. I definitely, I looked very different towards, I mean, in comparison to a lot of my classmates. In grade school, my first friend was Filipino. I definitely just gravitated towards her because, you know, I was, I was so shy. My first language was Tagalog. It was not English. And I had to learn as we, you know, as I grew up. Yeah, it was it was definitely very tricky. Um, but as I progressed through my years in primary school, I felt very accepted, and I felt like I had a lot of friends from different cultures, different ethnicities, different backgrounds. Um, and yeah, it was in it was it was a great experience for sure. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that about your growing up in your childhood. I know that you grew up in a very multicultural setting, and is diversity a big part of your, your core values or, you know, a big part of you growing up, is that something that's carried through to you in adulthood? Definitely. I used to think that being different made me, you know, less worthy of things because I was just so different to my friends or, like, um, so different to people that I would see on TV or look up to. But it wasn't until recently where I thought, I you know what, I could either either think like that or I could you know, know that looking different would mean that I would stand out. As soon as I thought that, something clicked and I was like, you know what, let's roll with that. Let's just stand out from now on. Your whole mindset changed from that moment. And going into that, you competed in Miss Universe Australia 2022. Your philosophy around, you know, standing out and being different and making your differences something that can push you to do things, was that a big part of you applying for Miss Universe this year? Definitely. Like you look around um, anywhere in Australia, you look to your right and you see someone with completely different cultural background to you. You look to your left and someone could look exactly the same as you. And that's the beauty of Australia. Everything and everyone is so diverse, mm. you know. So applying to Miss Universe Australia really made me feel like this is what I had to do. I wanted to represent the Asian Australian community. Mm. I wanted to prove to myself that I was worthy of standing on a platform that is nationally admired and universally known as Miss Universe Australia, right? So Mm. that's what I did. I I rolled with the thought of, you know what, I can do this. I'm going to stand out. Yeah, and you were a New South Wales finalist, right? So you you went really far in the competition. Um, What was your experience like in the competition? Was it largely positive? What did you get out of it? I got lifelong girlfriends out of it. Let me tell you now, I love each and every girl who made it as a state finalist, like Australia-wide, like not just the New South Wales girls. I got along with the Queensland girls, the Western Australian girls, you know, the South Australian girls. Like one thing I did get out of it was just, just such supportive friends and it just, it's something that, you know, you, you look back and you think that's not why I applied. That's yeah. definitely not why I applied, but it's something that was definitely a bonus. In in a way to put it, it was just like-minded women who just wanted to see other women win. 
Yeah. And you never really think that because you think pageant, competitive, you know, bitchiness, girl. Yeah. You know, and yeah. it's so opposite. And people are like, tell me about the girls. Is, is everyone looking each other up and down? Are they sussing each other out? And it's like, no, not really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which you is the complete I mean? opposite of like the stereotype. I mean, you think about the the generalization of pageants is like what you said, like bitchiness and you're you're there competing. So the the assumption is you guys will all be, you know, ripping each other's costumes to try and sabotage people's like competition and stuff. But really everyone was really supportive through your experience, you know, you got along with pretty much all the girls there and yeah. One of them. Every one of them, a hundred percent of them. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, it was it's sometimes you know I'm not a believer in oh I have to people please to get along with each and every one of them. Mm. It just so happens to be that I did get along with every one of them, even if mm. it was on a space level, even if it mm. was you know why are you joining this universe? Someone says this, and I'm like oh that's a great idea. You know it, yeah. there was never any mean like blood bad blood with anyone. Yeah and. From what I hear, every other girl's experience was the exact same. Yeah. So, like, yeah. that's just – and that's very hard to come across sometimes, especially, you know, like, the whole perception of women competing against other women, especially totally. in such a, in a big pageant. I don't know. I don't know if I just got lucky. I don't mm. know if it was just this year, but definitely such a great experience with every one – every girl that competed. I love that for you. And, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like – times have really changed in sort of pageantry. I think the idea of pageants just being about beauty and looks and walking down the runway in swimsuits and pretty gowns, I feel like that idea is kind of archaic now. Whereas I look at, say, Miss Universe Australia nowadays, a lot of it is about representing diversity and representing, you know, multicultural Australia. I mean, in 2020, Maria Thetil, she's a beautiful South Asian woman. She won Miss Universe Australia. Um, and I also feel like, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I wasn't on the pageant, but I feel like women come to these pageants with some sort of some sort of a voice, like a message that they want to convey. It's not just about, look, I'm gorgeous, so I'm going to go on a pageant. I feel like nowadays it's definitely more about your intellect and how you speak and what you bring to modern society or modern culture. So obviously Maria is really big on diversity and spreading her stories as a South Asian Australian. Was that something you really wanted to cement in as your time in Miss Universe Australia? 100%. I think when I saw that Maria won in 2020, definitely gave me the confidence and the push to even consider, you know, applying for Miss Universe Australia. You know, back in the day, um, it would just be, you know, your typical blonde hair, blue-eyed woman. And as beautiful as they are, you kind of have to, you know, you reflect and you think, but that's not a showing representation anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, seeing a beautiful Southeast Asian woman who is intellectual, who's creative, who has a voice, you know, Mm -hmm. and a great voice, you know, and and is pushing for an amazing career, that really 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 has inspired me to even apply it's funny like going into it I never thought I'm going to be the Asian representation I just thought I was Australian and I was applying you know Mm. but if if you were to look at it in the in the bigger picture the bigger scale of things 
I am the Asian representation. Yeah. You know, and it makes yeah. me so proud. Yeah. And it just makes me, you know, think if I don't get it, that's okay. Mm. One other girl, shout out to Kimberly, <laughs> is a Filipino, beautiful, full Filipino woman who made it as a state, as a state finalist in um, Miss Universe mm. Australia for 2022. I remember saying if one of us made it, I'd be so happy. Did. And yeah. I honestly, that, that to me, just, it makes me, it makes my heart so warm because some other Filipino, some other Southeast Asian girl, young mm. girl is going to look at Kimberly and is going to be like, she can do it, I can do it too. Absolutely. Because in a way, you look at pageants and obviously you look at media and stuff like that as a marker of beauty standards, as a marker of what this particular country, so obviously we're in Australia, what Australians think is beautiful. So like you said, 10, 15 years ago, I think during sort of the more Jennifer Hawkins time, it was very much tanned, blonde, blue eyes, you know, like the Anglo-Western beauty standard. And so you, you have people like us. I mean, I used to watch Miss Universe and I could not relate because I'm like, I don't look like that at all, you know? Yeah, yeah. And Sharon, just touching base on that, when I remember when I first announced that I was doing Miss Universe Australia, people would reference it to, oh, the one that Jen Hawkins won, you know? And, and it was definitely an insecurity of mine because I was like, oh, I'm not tall and I'm not, you know, as lean, slim as Jennifer Hawkins. I'm, I'm very athletic. I'm five foot five, you know. Um, I'm definitely of a different body type. And it's, mm. it's funny, like you mentioned Jen Hawkins. It's mm. like, yeah, blowing her blue eyes. But now I'm so happy that Miss Universe Australia, they're looking for everyday relatable women. Maria yeah. Cecilia is five foot three mm. or something like that, you know. And, mm. and she won. And it just, it just proves pageants isn't all about being tall and, and just, generic it's, it's, it's about representing Australia yes and that's what honestly gave me the confidence to be like you know what I'm gonna do it yeah I love that for you because it has another layer of meaning so of you being on there has the meaning of you're representing Southeast Asians you're representing Asians and mm-hmm. like you said it's it could affect a young girl out there maybe watching the program or, or following the journey and, and actually going oh, I, I have a place in this country, you know. I see Carice representing my people, people who look like me, you know, Asians in general, and it might give them a confidence push to do whatever the hell they want to do. So I, I think it's really it's really courageous and it's amazing that you did go on a national pageant, a national platform like this because stuff like this is important. Like it, it could be really easy for someone to be like, whatever, it's just a pageant. But I think nowadays pageants mean so much more than look at me in a bikini and, you know, look at me wearing a crown. Look, I'd love to talk to you about your experience in the entertainment field. So Miss Universe is not your first brush with entertainment. Um, you used to be a dancer, you own a talent agency, and you obviously are you know, part of an agency yourself as talent. Um, I think I searched up your IMDb and you've been oh, a part sorry. of a few things. So did my yeah. research, I found you. <laughs> um, yeah, so funny story. So my whole family and my mum's side were in, in the entertainment industry in the Philippines. So my grandma's an actress 
Um, my uncle is a director. My grandpa owns a film company. Wow. And my mom was also a professional dancer, as a ballet dancer, as a, as a kid and a teen. And, yeah. So I grew up in the industry. I grew up always singing, always dancing, um, always just very much into it. I just, I just knew I was going to be in the industry no mm. matter what it took for me to do it. And, I, yeah. you know, so, so there was always passion there. Um, and I had started dancing at the age of three. And then I, you know, I did ballet, I did tap, I did jazz, I did everything. Mm. You know, I was like, mom, I want to be on TV. So when I was seven years old, I was on my first show called Morning Cesarean, who she was, she was actually a former Miss Universe Australia um, winner. So Comes full you circle. <laughs> I know, right? So I was on her show and I loved it. And then I just, Ever since then, I was just lucky enough for my parents to really just support me and just take me to auditions and do all these things. And it wasn't until I was 14 where I landed my first film, like my first movie. And then ever since then, I've just, I was just like, you know what, let's do it. So I filmed a movie last year. I've, um, I was, yeah, there's just a lot that has happened, but it's yeah. definitely, I don't know, it's just, you look back and it's like, I did this all for love because mm. I, I loved it. Yeah. So yeah, that's that's probably what you've seen on my IMDb. Yeah, definitely. Yes, there was something very recent, and I was like, oh, I have to ask her about this. Yeah. yeah so I filmed it. Actually, premiered last week at Sydney Film Festival. I was. Congrats. Yeah, thank you so much. I was um, the love interest of one of the main characters. Um, oh my god, I love that. But look, it's a very important role. Maybe it might get picked up by Netflix, maybe Stan, maybe Vince, maybe but until then, I'm just really, really happy to have been a part of that. Mm. Um, it was definitely really, really fun, you know, being in front of the camera again, being on set, meeting actors, learning yeah. lines, working with directors, taking direction. Yeah. I love that part of me, but I feel like right now, my calling is to just have my own business and to yeah. just um age an agent to a lot of the kids who were like me younger when I was younger. So you obviously own your own talent agency, Mini Republic Management. Tell me a little bit about your business. How did you start it and who do you represent? I was working for a really reputable um, agency, a children's talent agency, for about a year. I respect and love the woman who ran it, but I just thought, you know what? There's something else that I have to offer. I'm in the entertainment industry myself. I feel like I could offer a more progressive, um, inclusive version of this agency. So, you know, I put all of my core values into the business and from mm. that mini republic management was born yeah yeah so you said like your core value is sort of diversity and putting a more progressive spin on talent agencies which I think you know traditionally can be one look I think now obviously it's a lot more diverse maybe share how you run your business along with those core values Definitely my core value of my business was just the transparency. So it's like being very communicative to, you know, the parents that I'm dealing with, to my clients, which are the casting directors. Yeah. Um, 
and as well as like in being very inclusive of everyone like yeah. I want everyone to feel like they are supported mm. they are we're constantly progressing and trying to make um every single client of mine her being valued yeah. you know whether that's dealing with their parents or the kids yeah. or my casting directors you know so putting all of my values into a business has definitely made me realize who I am yes and 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 what I want and what I want to be what I want to grow because at mm. the end of the day the reason why I started Mini Republic is because I was that little girl that mm. wasn't accepted to an agency because I was of Asian heritage and at the time no one was looking for Asian kids to be on TV yeah. Yeah. I remember my mom telling me, I said to her, mom, I want to be on TV. And she was like heartbroken because she was, she was so supportive of me. And she's in the industry and she knew what it was like. Mm. She said, darling, no one who's Asian is on TV right now. Mm. We can try, but, but no, one's, no one's there. And I remember it so distinctively. And I, I didn't think my mom's trying to rain on my parade. I never mm. thought that. I always just thought, you're right. Mm. There is no Asian representation, so I'm just not going to try. Yeah, you know? right. Yeah. Because now I have that business, and I'm like, you're of yeah. Southeast Asian heritage. Come, I want to, yeah. you've got talent, I want to put you forward for it. You're Mediterranean. Come, mm. I, I want to put you forward for it. I want to ensure that every single person that signs in Mini Republic feels like they are a valuable asset to the entertainment industry. Yeah. You know, whether they have it or not, even just mm. giving the experience audition that's just something from my childhood that I said if I were ever to create anything it would Mm. be this Mm. it seems to me that your business is like an extension of yourself and you put so much meaning behind it and because you've had personal experience of you know casting directors saying hey Asians aren't on TV sorry you're Asian you're not part of this because you've Mm -hmm. really felt that sting yourself you're now saying I don't want the future to be like this I have the experience and I have right now the privilege to be able to create something and change things, change how the industry is run. For me, like hearing your story, it's so wonderful because, you know, you're not starting your business for money. You're not like, oh, I want a cash grab. What's the what's the easiest thing I can do to make profit, whatever. But your business is really something that you care about. And because you care so much about inclusivity and diversity and you have your experience on Miss Universe Australia you can obviously take that into your business and it's probably something you may not realize but an outsider like myself can actually see those core values through your business so I actually follow your business on Instagram um (laughs) and I I remember when I followed your personal account and then followed your agency account I was like there's definitely something in your philosophy and in your beliefs that you are building into this business because there's no way that you're going to move away from say a classic nine to five to hustle to build something from scratch if it doesn't mean something to you like why put the work in why put the effort in if you're not wanting to change something about the industry exactly I suppose my point is, as a third-party person, I can actually see your sort of life philosophies feeding into your business. It's something really, again, like really courageous to do because you're immersed in the industry and there's something that you want to change in it. And you're like, stuff it. 
I'm going to create it. If it's not out there and already created, I will be the one to create it. And I love, I love that mindset in you. So it's one of the many reasons why I wanted you on the podcast, but (laughs) I, I I would love to get your sort of insider experience with um, Australian entertainment. Do you think the perception of Asian talent in Australian entertainment has changed? Yes. Through and through, yes. Yeah. And I say this with so much love. I'm so happy that it has changed. As I said, growing up, I always used to think, I'm not going to make it because I'm Asian. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of my mum's colleagues, saying to me, no, you're going to definitely make it because you stand out. Mm. And I I just let it linger a bit. And I was just like, "Mm, no, she's wrong. She's Mm. so wrong. Mm. And it wasn't until I was studying a full-time course for an advanced diploma performing arts that because I was of Asian heritage, I stood out. I was given roles that I'm very grateful for that you needed to be Asian for. And it Mm. wasn't stereotypical oh have an Asian accent here oh like you should you know do you know what I mean like how they portray in the media it was nothing like that it was just more of a fact that you know she has a great look because she's she looks different Mm. let's use that to our advantage and I, Mm. I just thought my perception shifted and I was just like that's amazing and I'm so grateful and it's just why hasn't it been like this my whole life totally and then as I graduated, different, like, types of shows came to air. So, like, Hamilton, mm. where it's, like, all ethnic cast in the Heights came, like, in the Heights was already out. And it was just, like, a matter of just really good timing. And now yeah. that, you know, you have, you have practitioners and, like, creatives in the industry that are just taking over who are Latina, mm. Latino, like, Filipino, like, mm. just, you know, Chinese, like mm. Indian, like they're just creating roles for people who are ethnic. And yeah. I just think it's amazing. Yeah. Like yeah. I, it's, it's about damn time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's about damn time. No, for sure. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love that. Whenever someone says that, I just think of Lizzo and like the TikToks. <laughs> actually, actually, yeah. It's about damn time. I know. No, it really is. And I feel like it's sort of moving away from stereotypical roles where say, you know, maybe 10, 20 years ago, a role for an Asian would be to be that Asian, I don't know, like the captain of the chess club or let's get the Asian to have an Asian accent. But now it seems that they're casting Asians in roles that Anglo people would embody but now it's just with an Asian face. Like it's not about stereotypical Asian characters. It's, hey, this is a high school girl. Let's use an Asian person to represent this person. There's no real stereotypes about it. And look, no hate to back in the day when it used to be predominantly Caucasian people um, who were, you know, the high school sweetheart who was just, you know, there and lovable. It was. It's definitely a matter of just being progressive. And even if it took that long to do it, I'm glad that it is happening. Mm. You know, and I'm glad there are more roles there available for Asian women such as myself to, you know, be desirable, not be the high mm. school geek, you know, not be the captain of the chess club. You yeah. know, like, yeah. let's just get Carice to play this girl, the love interest. Yeah. To be honest, yeah. when the director reached out to me and was like, we'd love for you to play the part. 
mm-hmm. for the movie that I filmed, I was like, oh, okay, cool, I will. And I, I honestly thought they would have opted for a blonde hair, blue eyed girl. Because mm. I've never gotten that opportunity myself to play the love interest of the lead mm. character because yeah. of my look. You know, yeah. and as sad as that is, you kind of just assume. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't want to, it's just, it's kind of, that's just how it is. So I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that I am also like that girl on the silver screen mm. who's of Asian heritage and was also the love interest of a guy who's full Australian. Yeah. I think that's the best thing. I yeah. Think that's awesome. So where can yeah. we see this? So it is, it premiered at Event Cinemas. It was there for two weeks. It's now at Dundee Cinemas in Newtown. Um, but it's only there for this weekend. Oh my um, God. And it's really funny timing that we say it like that. But um, eventually it will be streaming on, um, for example, I, I think they are putting it forward for like Netflix and Stan and Binge. But it just depends who picks up what and mm-hmm. it depends on contracts and all of that. Yes. Um, but yeah, I definitely it will be it will it would be accessible to Australia and internationally as well. It would just be a matter that. of knowing. Yeah, yeah, so it'll be cool and I'm I'm quite excited, but I'm also nervous. I remember Eric's like my partner was like, Let's go watch it and I was mm. just like mm. <laughs> like I, I, I admit to you, I didn't watch it. I couldn't and I don't know why. Maybe it's just like a, it's like a thing where you know when you watch yourself, mm-hmm. and you're just like, oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh my gosh, I cringe. But yeah, it was a good experience. Oh my Definitely. god, you should have insta messaged me and be like, I'm in a film. Come watch my film. Like I, I want to watch this. I would have loved if you watched it for me. I think I just will. in general. Whether yeah. it's a film or whether it's a photo shoot or something, I cannot, I don't know, I just feel like I can't watch myself unless I'm with the car and we yeah. watch it and we laugh together because you, you know what happens backstage. Like before saying, before the director says action, we're like laughing so uncontrollably and then they're like, Marco, stand by, action. And we're like really serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So like, like, it's just funny, like, watching it be like, oh, I knew what happened the second this happened. Oh, they added something extra. Oh, they cut my line out or, yeah. or something. You know all the behind-the-scenes stuff. So yeah. you're you yeah. watching it wouldn't be watching it for the plot. You're watching it for, like, all the memories of what happened backstage. Yeah, for sure. And it, I think that's, like, the light of being an actor. Like, you're so invested when you do film. Like you, if you have really sad things to film that day, you mm. have to really get into it for the sake of, you know, your work and your craft and wanting to give it your role. Mm. And then when you watch it, it's like you, you've already like unloaded all of this emotion into what you have put into your work and you yeah. watch it and you're like, oh my God, I did that. Yeah. Like, and it's just sad moment of like, I knew what I did. I knew what I had to do to prepare. It could mm. either be like, I'm so proud of myself, or, oh, my God, I'm laughing because I had to do this. You know, yeah, like, for I don't sure. make any sense. I hope I am. No, <laughs> no, it makes sense. Yeah. But, like, it's definitely, like, a moment where you just feel so proud of yourself. And, again, mm. I never thought I would be in a situation where I would even be considered for that role mm. because of how I look. Like, mm. I definitely thought, but now that, you know, the entertainment industry is progressing and everyone's mm. open to different ethnicities, Mm. I think that that's just such a great thing, like to be given the opportunity to play a love interest with someone who's fully Australian. Yeah. And just, yeah. I'm really hoping there was a kid that weekend or there's a kid that's going to watch it who looks like me and mm. is like, oh, mom, I, 
I can do acting because she can. She did it. You yeah. know, like yeah. that's definitely like something that I hope to do and I mm. hope to have an impact on in the future. I love that because, you know, it's really about if you can affect one person, then you've done your job. And especially the next generation, if you can influence them in a positive way, inspire them in a positive way, then that's that's really what diversity and entertainment is all about. And I suppose I just personally hope that diversity isn't a passing trend that, you know, right now... Asians are really in and really hot and we're going to get all these Asians. And I, I don't mean hot in terms of like attractive, but as in like, like they're, yeah, it's in. It's the, the yeah. commodity at the moment. My hope is that as time progresses, it's not a trend that will just die. Like diversity shouldn't be a trend. It should be, wow, this should have been something that existed long ago. But now that we're on the bandwagon, this is what it's going to be like from now on. So what are your thoughts on that? Do you think it'll pass or no no I think it seems like such a trend like quotation trend because it's so new Mm. and I think it's a trend because people who have been waiting to be considered for roles or be in the spotlight or to even have representation of themselves Mm. they're making a deal out of it which is amazing and it's beautiful and it's something to celebrate but I definitely think that now that this is a thing there's no going back yeah, I think we're progressive for a reason, mm. and I and I and and I think every single day more and more people, you know, are meet different people of different culture and ethnicities, and I think yeah. that's just what the world has come to. So it just yeah. wouldn't make sense if Hollywood said, "Let's just go back to having your blonde hair, blue eyes," or mm. Australia has even said, "Not let's just have Australians on film." Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's not just about looks anymore. Yeah. It, the good thing is about if you've got talent, you're going to mm. shine. If yeah. you've got a voice, you're going to be heard. Yeah. You know, and if you've got, and if you've got something to give to the world, people are going to receive it. Mm. And yeah. I think that's just whether you're a Caucasian, whether you're Asian, whether you're um, Mediterranean. You know, mm. it doesn't matter. It's that's just how yes. it is, and I think that's yeah. just the most amazing thing about 2022 Mm. that is progressing I love that last thing I want to talk to you about let's get like real girl talk here we all love a good dating story Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've got heaps I mean exactly (laughs) I think if you could share like a cringe dating experience that like relates to your race something that you've experienced as like a southeast asian person dating in Australia. We've done countless episodes on like Asian fetish, on like inappropriate things that's been said to Asians. What is yours? I have a few, but I'm going to share one. So I wanted to say I had recently broken up with like my ex-boyfriend and I went on this date with another Southeast Asian. And at first he was just so sweet he was so keen and because he was keen I was kind of like mm, I don't know you know what I mean like <laughs> yeah that type of dynamic and um we had a good time and, and uh, towards the end he started talking about Filipino yes goes, yeah I don't know if I really like the accent like that would drive me crazy and I was like oh I was like oh okay and in my head I'm like crossed 
take yep. me home. Yeah. You know, people <laughs> yep. have these like perceptions of you because of your mm. ethnicity. Yeah. And it wasn't until I met my partner now mm. that he's just really just seen me for who I am. His, yeah. Him and his family, his friends mm. have always just seen me for who I am, not for my race. Yes. And I yes. have never experienced, and funny enough, like all of our friends now are, come from different culture, different background mm. and there's never been a time where I have ever felt left out because of me being Asian yeah yeah so it's just funny you get lucky and then there are times where you have really bad dates yeah so yeah yeah that's oh. pretty much it. so he wasn't he wasn't Filipino himself so he was Southeast Asian but no he he was I think he was from Thailand Right. Did he know you were Filipino? Because surely, he did. He did. oh my God, he did. surely you I wouldn't just, say that. It was threw me off. I was just mm. like, oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, and also <laughs> it's like, it's also like you're a fellow Asian. Like, can we not do this judgmental thing of like Asians judging yeah. Asians here? Like, why are we doing this? <laughs> I don't know. But you know, you you get you so used to it, as sad yeah. as it sounds, you just don't take it. You, you you become it almost comes to a point where you know who you are you don't let it define you so when situations arise that mm-hmm. someone says something and it comes out so wrong so rude mm-hmm. that it's just like okay yeah. I'm going to take it as a good result you know yeah. like that's the thing about us like you grow up in a country with people who don't look like you you just learn to become resilient totally and I yeah. feel like we need yeah and it's just and it's just the thing now. So yeah. that's just what happened. Look, yeah. no hard feelings at all. I did not get angry or upset. We had a good night. Mm-hmm. I didn't let one comment affect me, but it was definitely a red flag. Yeah, me. definitely but, a red flag. I feel like this is a great way to wrap up this episode. It's been a real pleasure chatting with you. I mean, off record, we should totally hang out, but like okay. professionally, we it's amazing. We're all friends now. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much. I wish you all the best with your with your business, with your entertainment, future experiences and stuff like that. I'm sure you'll be on many more films and I will I will be there. I will be at events, I will be at Dendies, I'll be wherever it needs me to be. But thank you. I'll definitely speak with you very soon. And it was such a good time catching up. I definitely feel like I wasn't being recorded. I I felt like we were just chatting over coffee or something. Like this was our conversation we had at dinner last week. Yes, exactly. (laughs) So so thank you so much for having me. And I will speak with you very soon. Hope you enjoyed today's convo with Carice. She's so young, but so passionate about her work. And I found it super interesting to hear about her experience in Miss Universe Australia. As usual, I'm shouting out some interesting places that have crazy biatch Asians in them. So if you hear your city, shoot me a DM on Insta. I'd love to see you. Shout out to Caracas in Venezuela, West Kelowna in Canada, and Geraldton in Western Australia. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. I'm on YouTube under the same name. And if you want a daily dose of the best Asian memes, then just head to the Instagram at Asians. See you in a month. Bye.